Thank you. Good morning. Great to have you. So we had a, in the last week, we've now had two really bad things happen on 9th Avenue, right? Yeah, unfortunately, we had a second one early this morning, a second fatality. We had one earlier in the week up at uh, 9th near Hillbrook. This one was near 9th and Lakeview this morning where a single vehicle struck a tree uh, and the sole occupant has been pronounced deceased. So, um, yeah, it's been it's been a bad week on 9th Avenue. It, it, and neither of these, like, you know, I know 9th Avenue, obviously, you know, it's, there's a lot of sort of safety questions about 9th Avenue. But to my way of thinking, though we're concerned about the red lights and the red light running that takes place, for example, at, uh, you know, Brand Bayou also takes place at uh, Fairfield and Davis is one. And um, I forget, there's there's a third location you guys are always talking about. Is it maybe airport? Um, but neither of these locations is... You know, Hillbrook and Lakeview, I don't think of either of those as being particularly problematic, are they? No, they're not. Um, one of them uh, near Hillbrook was a head-on collision. We, we're not sure why the vehicle um, came into the northbound lane and struck a truck head-on. And then there was a tree there last night that, you know, obviously been there for, you know, for many years. And, yeah. and we don't know why. And, and the, you know, those are questions that sometimes never get answered. Yeah, and I mean, and just as you say, sometimes, unfortunately, you know, bad things, terrible things just happen, very sadly. Um, and, you know, and sometimes we always want an explanation, right? Were they on their phone? Were they speeding? Were they distracted somehow? Were they, you know, inebriated or something like that? And as you and I know, sometimes people just, things happen. That's just, unfortunately, that's driving life. You guys had a, um, uh, a very scary thing happen. It wound up being a joint operation because you guys, it happened in the city and then it went into the county. Uh, what took place at the gas station with this truck? Well, it was the Circle K at Aiden Garden, and a man uh, pulled his pickup truck up to the store and went inside uh, to pick something up, and he turned around and saw another individual jump in his truck that was left running and unsecure uh, with a gun inside. And he ran back out to the truck and uh, tried to grab onto it. He was dragged across the parking lot a little ways before he was eventually able to jump into the bed of the truck. And as soon as he did that, the uh, person that stole the truck saw his gun in the cab of the truck, used it, uh, turned around and started shooting at the owner of the truck with his own gun. Um, they, While that was going on, a uninvolved vehicle was struck on Garden Street. Fortunately, there were no injuries there, but uh, the truck continued westbound on Garden Street, and as soon as it approached Pace, the driver started shooting at the victim again with his own gun. He still did not hit him, fortunately, uh, and then traveled north on Pace. He eventually made a left turn on the Jackson, which is westbound, um, and I believe it was Shoemaker when he uh, was able to jump out of the truck while, again, this man was firing shots at him with his own gun. He was able to run away. Um, and then the Scambia County Sheriff's Department deputy spotted this vehicle. They attempted to stop it. It ran from them, and they eventually were able to get that vehicle stopped a short distance later and make an arrest. Wow. Good Lord. I mean, I knew the story in the sort of the bare 30 foot 30,000 foot view but I didn't know all of that like all the multiple different times of the engagement and the that's a long drive I mean that's not just 20 seconds worth of driving that's a long distance to be in the bed of a truck with a guy in the front with your gun shooting at you repeatedly again and my, my goodness well thank god he wasn't hurt and you know thank goodness you you, you apprehended the guy sounds like TJ Hooker sorry it does, it does sorry. you know like <laughs> Indiana Jones is going to get out his whip and throw it around the front and go under the truck and everything. You know, it's like, good Lord. So um, you said something kind of interesting on Channel 3. You made the comment that, yes, it's horrible what happened to this pickup truck owner, but. But none of it would have happened had he secured his vehicle. 
uh, took the keys out of it, locked the door. Even if you're going inside of the convenience store for two minutes, you need to shut that vehicle off because it's the law, and you need to secure that vehicle, especially when you have a loaded weapon inside. Uh, if he had done that, then none of this would have happened. This strikes me as the kind of law that I think most people don't know is the law. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. A lot of people don't don't understand that leaving – I mean, you can leave the keys in it with it turned off, and, and that's against the law. You can't do that. So, And, you know, a lot of insurance companies are not going to cover you, that vehicle if it's stolen because you did leave it running. So, you know, there's multiple reasons uh, not to do it. Mainly, it's just it's unsafe. So, again, key note for that. Is this something that – because I know you guys in the sheriff's agency, you guys always are doing, you know, information campaigns, right? And, you know, one of the big information campaigns over the last – as long as I've lived here, really, has been lock your doors, keep it yours, right? Crucial information, particularly don't leave guns in cars. Um, I mean, in this case, it was a car in the ignition running with the gun. I mean, it was like all the wrong things in a public place around other people. It was all the wrong things. But um, have you ever considered doing a public information campaign about that specifically um, and, or even enforcement? You know, I, I, it's it seems like the kind of thing where I, I suspect that if you drove around to gas stations on a day, you could probably find some people to ticket about this. Am I, I mean, is this something you guys have considered? Yeah, we've done this before. In fact, we did it in the mid-90s. It was the first time that I know of, and we there was a whole campaign about it. We put videos out about it. In fact, we issued uh, stickers to go on the back of anyone's windshield or rear window that said, if you see this vehicle out after midnight, feel free to stop it. Uh, that gave us permission to stop that vehicle and see who was in it and why it was out. Uh, so we've been we've been conscious of this for many, many years. Um, but, you know, it's just like telling folks to lock their doors at home. Um, you can say it 100,000 times and somebody's still going to do it. Nobody gets up in the morning thinking that they're going to be a crime victim that day, and maybe they should. It could happen to them, uh, just like car crashes. It could happen to you, and today could be the day. And the way to avoid that as best you can is to, is to be careful and to think about things and, and to um, not be careless. And by the way, I'm a fan of those rear view or, or rear window stickers. I had one of those when we lived in Arizona, and I thought that was a very good program to deter car theft. So there was an incident down south uh, in Florida this morning that was pretty awful. You had uh, somebody got murdered, and then when the television crew showed up to cover the crime scene, um, I think both, one cameraman and one reporter, but I know the reporter for sure, uh, also wound up getting murdered by this person. And I think there was another person involved in this. It was sort of an ongoing repeated crime scene, but um, pretty awful events, uh, obviously very horrible events. But it's a reminder that, you know, journalists, especially television journalists, are out covering crime scenes or just covering stories in general. That can be unsafe. One of the things I appreciate about you is you have always offered – very proactively that if we ever need accompaniment to go cover uh, an event, you'll you'll do that. Yeah, you know, you've got to think about it this way. You, you and the members of the media are part of this community. You're community members, and we offer um, to go with members of the community to assure the peace every single day. And that extends to the members of the media as well. If they're ever covering a story to where they feel uncomfortable or unsafe, uh, we can go to that scene with them and make sure everything is okay. Uh, I hate what happened in Orlando. You had a nine-year-old girl shot. Her mother's in the hospital. Uh, the, the reporter was uh, killed. And uh, the photographer is in critical condi- uh, condition, and this was a case where the uh, killer returned to the scene of a crime, and it's not very often you see that um, with, with homicides, but I investigated arsons for several years, and an arsonist will almost always come back to the scene of a crime uh, of the fire. So 
that was unusual. But uh, but the point here is, if, if to the media, if any of you ever feel uncomfortable, give us a call and, and we'll send an officer with you. Oh, I, I I know appreciate that, and our other folks do as well. Uh, just on the arson thing, is I assume that's because arson is basically categorized as a sex crime because it's a uh, thrilling and exciting, and they want to experience the thrill of seeing it. Is that right on the on the arson? Absolutely, that's 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 one hundred percent right. You know, they want they want to see the trucks come in. They want to see what they did. They want to see the damage they caused. And and um, for some reason or another, it, it comes back to a sexual thing in nature. So, um, yeah, you're you're right about that. Yeah, that's what I had thought I had heard, and so I appreciate the you know the insight. And Candy's blown away; she had not heard that before. No, so, and yeah. I watch like CSI all the time. <laughs> I've never heard that. That's yeah, wild. it's a pretty it's a pretty weird world wow. out there sometimes. Mike, we like to end yeah, on a yeah, uh, cop myth or a did you know? Uh, you have anything for us this week? Yeah, this one is. I was asked about this this week, and I never even thought about it. And I've been in law enforcement a long time, but why does Florida only require one license plate on the back of a car when other states require two? And you know, and I looked into that, and there's really no reason. Uh, you know, back 1918 to 1922, 1918 they were required in Florida. In 1922, they got rid of um, the requirement to have both. Uh, so it was mainly to have them on the front and back of cars is for law enforcement to be able to identify the car easier. Uh, but nowadays, you know, these uh, license plate readers are popping up all over the country. Um, if we need to find a vehicle, a lot of times we can do it that way. And that reader is going to read both directions, which will get that back tag. So, um, you know, and it's going to cost you a little bit more in states to register your car that require two tag so uh, we're fortunate here in florida that we don't have them yeah i've lived in both states and uh i just i like being able to put my own plate on the front <laughs> you know it's just kind of a fun thing uh mike wood he is a public information officer for the pensacola police department uh, great information this morning as always mike we'll talk to you again next week sir thank you take care 750 here on news radio 92.3 if you are around my Okay, so, uh, if you're around my somewhere between like probably 40 to 60 is where this is pretty common uh you might notice that your parents are starting to decline a little bit.